welcome to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. I am Inga Larissa. And I am Jennifer Rose. Together, we will be bringing you a weekly whiskey podcast where we'll be discovering drams, exploring distilleries, talking to industry experts and sharing other whiskey adventures. Not only will we be sticking our noses into our drams, but also into all things new and current in the whiskey universe, with a leading commentary, of course. A warm Whiskey Sisters welcome. You're listening to the third episode of Whiskey Sisters podcast. If you've only just found us, welcome. And feel free to go back to the beginning and listen to our pilot episode where we told you a bit more about us and what this podcast is all about. However, if you do go back, I apologise for my overly enthusiastic <laughs> mm, noises when describing whiskey. I do think it sounded slightly creepy when I listened back, so I'm going to attempt to be enthusiastic without sounding predatory going oh. forward. <laughs> oh, it's a pure enthusiasm. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> uh, so in today's episode, Jennifer will be in the limelight as she will be telling us more about her experience on investing in cask. Um, but first, it's time to stick our noses into what's been happening in the world of whiskey during the past week or so. Stick your nose in it. Okay, Anka, so what has caught your eye during the past week or so? Okay, so you might have seen this already because it's been on all of our social media and whiskey news sites for a while, but it's still very interesting. So Ardberg has released a new committee-only limited edition Ardberg Fermentation. So back in November 2007, the distillery was about to face one of its greatest challenges. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, there was a broken boiler, which was threatening the very ex existence of their six uh, washbacks. That um, sounds a complete nightmare. I know. Imagine such a like large-scale production. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so the team was trying to really hard to try to get the boiler fixed, mm -hmm. but no go. So thanks to Dr. Bill, whose surname I don't remember, but let's just call him Dr. Bill because it sounds kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's uh, Artworks Director of Distilling and Whiskey Creation. So he decided to take the leap of fate and try something different. He basically instructed the team to throw open the lids of all the wash bags and expose the contents to the Isla air. So this basically uh, was the start of an epic three-week-long fermentation process, the longest of Ardberg's history. Three weeks? Like, what an experiment. I think I've read the most Ardberg. Um, it's normally fermented for 72 hours. Have I got that right? Yeah, that's, that's what I think as well. And three weeks is, is a long time. By opening the lids, they allowed the wild bacteria from the air to kind of work its magic um, and yeah it seems like it worked out yeah. but the outcome is said to be a wild singy and vibrant spirit notes of mixed herbs mm -hmm. smoked orange grapefruit diesel oil interesting um, <laughs> peppermint tar aniseed and fresh paint on the nose some so description isn't it I know, I know. I do quite like the tar. Like I can yeah. instantly that kind of eyelid tar stuff. Yeah, you can really imagine works. it. Yeah, it works for me. 
But then, yeah, so followed by notes with cardamom, sweet mint toffee, cigar ash, malt biscuits and aniseed on the palate. That sounds delicious. And when I heard about this, I loved how Dr. Bill, as we're calling him, described that it tastes like pure science fiction. That, I know, it's very that, geeky. Totally. And I, it makes me really want some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so it was basically after 13 years, the maturation, um, it was done in ex-bourbon casks, both first fill and refill. And then um, it was bottled at 49.4% ABV. Um, and it will be available in the Artworks committee shop. And even if this committee only limited edition, da, 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 mm-hmm. sounds a bit like, you know, it's very unique and special and it's really uh-huh. hard to get. It's probably slightly hard to get, but ev- like anyone can join the committee. So you can literally just go to the website and sign up and be part of this Artberg family. And then you have the first dips to to get all these bottles. How cool is that? Because when I I had heard the committee, I thought like that's some special secret society that you probably have to be born on the island to join. So (laughs) that's pretty cool that it's maybe not as hard to get as I imagined. I know. I'm sure they have one of those as well. Sounds kind of cool. But it's kind of like, you know, Lafroy's French. French. Friends. Friends. Mm -hmm. So yeah, good pals. Yeah, not the not just French people, but just everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you can um, when once you join again, it's completely free, Mm -hmm. um, and you get a little piece of land just outside the the distillery. Yeah, I got I got my little Finnish flag there. (laughs) Oh my goodness you know, you get emails and you get all these different releases. So you get the first dips on everything. But then again, there's going to be thousands of people. So, sure. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I think it sounds fun. It sounds interesting. I'd like Definitely. to try it and just kind of geeky. So I'd like to learn more about the geekiness of what actually happens during that fermentation. Definitely. And I wonder, do you think it'll catch on? Do you think other people will begin to be, ex- you know, experiment with their own distilleries? Mm, I don't know because it's it does seem like a huge risk mm-hmm. whether it's gonna what if it's gonna taste crap and then you have tons of spirit <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know I don't know I doubt yeah. it I think yeah. it was just a lucky incident that yeah, it worked a bit of a out fluke. or maybe it didn't work out and they just like putting all day marketing spin on it who knows <laughs> <laughs> they're like fuck it we're gonna sell it anyway <laughs> someone's gonna buy it that's it yeah well it's working we're talking about it <laughs> yeah i did actually see somewhere uh that maybe the price was around 180 quid it's a bit expensive yeah you need to dig deep into the pockets whiskey sisters so let's go on the main topic today. So today is something that I've been looking forward to um, because I love hearing about your cask, in, cask investment experiences. Yeah. So many fun stories. Um, <laughs> and it's such a scary yet intriguing world, I think, buying mm-hmm. a cask or investing in a cask. So mm-hmm. uh, I think if you could just start by telling us a bit more why you decided to invest in the first place. Why did I start to invest in whiskey? I guess I've always been a little bit rock and roll. 
financially a bit of a kind of seize the day live for the now approach but when I hit 40 I thought "Mm, (laughs) maybe I better actually set myself up uh, a little bit more comfortably in my older years so was you know beginning to think about some financial planning ahead and I had heard a story about 10 years ago a friend of mine when her daughter was born that her father so the baby's grandfather had purchased some whiskey as a gift for the baby and I just thought that was so beautiful such a beautiful gift so the kind of maturation of the whiskey while the child grew up and then you know come her 18th birthday or whatever there'll be this really matured whiskey that's a really cool idea such a cool idea so that stuck in my mind so I began to to look into it but oh kind of I felt it was a bit of a rabbit hole and quite an intimidating world when I started to look at all the different things that were involved in whiskey cask investment yeah it seems like it's quite a lot of risk involved you know you have to you're investing all that money for so many years and you can't be sure that it's going to work out <laughs> definitely maybe that's my rock and roll side that thought yeah. well even when I'm being sensible like so I will just put it into whiskey um and there's been I think more in recent years that you know talk about it being a really um profitable investment potentially for some people and yeah the- and but I've, I've read a few quite a few bits that there's a lot of scamming around as well that's you know how yeah. do you know who to contact and who's legit well this is it and you know a huge part of my journey into but you know before I bought a cask was looking into all that I approached some independent distilleries and whilst I think that's something I'd like to learn more about actually and I think I'll go back to one day to learn a bit more about that but I I wasn't um, too sure about some of the opportunities I came across with independent distilleries. Um, You owned the liquid within the cask. You didn't own the barrel, the cask itself. And there was maybe some more restrictions in terms of what happened at maturation and and bottling and things. So I decided to find a broker to Mm -hmm. buy a cask that I would own the contents of the cask, the whiskey and the barrel itself. So that was... Oh, so you mm -hmm. own the cask as well. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I own the cask as well. And that kind of appealed to me and it felt a little bit simpler or straightforward, whether that's right or not. That was just kind of, you know, my mindset at the time and a little bit more flexibility potentially on whether I decide to sell the cask and the contents on in its entirety um, at some point in the future. Okay so which distillery did you did you go for or did you find which did you find a broker what's what's your broker then because you didn't go direct with the distillery, did you? Yeah, no, didn't go direct with the distillery. So after a long and winding road of brokers, some brokers were, <laughs> I felt I was being surrounded by vultures, aggressive sales techniques, lots of incredibly patronising, aggressive conversations, almost like, don't you worry your pretty little head about the the boys, um, you know, serious business of whiskey, just you trust my sales chat with a little bit of digging into some of the companies I didn't feel that secure and I felt there was potential for you know scamming yeah and one company actually very glossy brochures based in a very fancy address in London when I advised them I had decided to go with someone else and not with them they really quickly began to say oh would you like some gold would you like some gold instead and tried to sell me all this other stuff (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, never mind the whiskey. We have gold. Exactly. What? So, yeah, that really That's put me super off. Weird. Like gold, like big chunks of gold, or like gold <laughs> jewelry, or. I have no idea. I think I was going to be invited to a, some car park to look in the boot of someone's car to look at gold bullion. I'm really not sure. Oh but my God. I just thought, part of me thought I'm going to forget about this and not even bother. But I yeah. spoke to a friend who's got a relative in the whiskey industry and who advised me of three companies that had representative offices in Scotland that they felt in their opinion were legitimate. So I contacted them and through a process of elimination who I felt most comfortable with, I selected Cask 88 who have an office in Edinburgh, although their main base is in Singapore because they're such a huge market in that yeah, part of the world. I know, I was just looking into them a little bit more because mm-hmm. I was writing that blog post and I was quite surprised to see how they, yeah, it's quite a big worldwide market. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think hopefully in future episodes or future seasons, we'll be able to delve into that a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Which, which distillery? Tell us about your cask. Well, I had decided at the time, a process of elimination, I decided I wanted something. Interestingly, we were talking about cask finishes, you know, last episode. I decided I wanted a first fill cask of something a little bit different like sherry or rum or wine so I kind of waited until uh, a cask with that kind of criteria was available so I went for Glendulin, a Glendulin um, first fill Oloroso sherry cask and I wanted to buy my first investment I wanted to be a mature whiskey um, so it's now already 12 years old. Oh that distillery sounds very unique very interesting very unusual. Yeah it's a Speyside distillery as you'll know but you can't visit it you know there's no you're not allowed to uh, they don't have kind of a visitor centre so it feels a little bit shrouded in intrigue and mystery for me. Yeah I wonder if they do more normally usually like blends you know, because there's quite a few distilleries that's just the most of the production goes into blends of, you know, than other distilleries. I wonder yeah. if it's one of those. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure. Um, but that is, yeah, that's the whiskey that I went for. Um, so as I said earlier, own the kind of cask itself. Um, and I'm not too sure what I'm going to do with it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so you haven't, you didn't have to kind of decide at the beginning that, okay, I'm going to have a portfolio of these whiskies or you know, you didn't really have to have a plan. No, and I guess that's something I'm going to think about over the next couple of years. It might be nice to sort of add to that, maybe get some younger whiskies and, and have a bit of diversity if I was to have a little portfolio, which sounds super fancy and grown up, doesn't I it? I know, but... exactly, it does. Oh, I got a little portfolio of five whiskies. <laughs> um, yeah. But I quite like that flexibility of, you know, whether you would perhaps sell it through Cascade um, and maybe through auction or there's different options for that or whether I might change my mind but by learning more and want to bottle the cask myself. Do you do you know um, when you might be bottling it because did you say it's 12 years now right? It's 12 years now so the ABV was 58.5 yeah that was drawn at a kind of 11 years um, so yeah I, I don't know answers yeah. on a postcard all advice <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say all advice welcome but after my experience uh, with those other brokers maybe maybe that's not the yeah. case yeah I think it was quite fun doing the tasting 
uh, quite exciting. And I guess for you, even more just trying something that it's yours and, you know, just to see how it changes over time. Definitely. Um, and one of the things that Cascade offered and, you know, it wasn't the reason I chose them, but you can you can visit the Dunnage, the warehouse, the kind of traditional warehouse that the whiskey stored in Speyside. And, you know, you can have um, samples drawn and they offer re-gauging to check the ABV and the the content of of liquid in your cask and have been really open to questions maybe things I've needed to go over to kind of reassure myself and their style was kind of very relaxed but super informative and respectful so I've had a lovely experience so yeah I'm really pleased about that uh, choice actually. That's good that's good yeah hopefully we'll do a little episode with them as well so then we can offer a bit more all the like insight into the technicalities of yeah. of uh, how how they actually work and what kind of help they give to everyone and so on and pick their brains yeah exactly is it something you would consider in well, yes actually this is really funny because um last summer um we went to the isle of rasi to visit oh, the new distilleries mm-hmm. and i absolutely just love their whiskey mm-hmm. and the idea that there's um six different casks and put together into that one whiskey and they have a program where you can buy the whole well you invest in the barrel mm-hmm. uh, in the whiskey and they do like all the individual casks so you have like the pt bordeaux pt this and that and or then non-peated versions of the mm-hmm. three casks and i yeah it was really tempting but we kind of looked into the cost and then i was worried that if i don't know what to do with yeah. with with it and obviously it would be filled in from like now so obviously you have you know 10 years eight years depends how long you want to keep it so it's not like a decision you have to do straight away but i just found it a little bit scary there's a lot to think about isn't there yeah exactly and and they do also smaller casks right uh, i think they were 30 liters maybe where mm-hmm. you can actually keep the little cask and all that oh. uh, it's kind of cute and we baby know, cask yeah <laughs> and they would only keep it for three uh, or three and a half years and then that's kind of yours so that seemed kind of nice idea as well but then it was just a basic cask from Speyside and I, it was peated which would be nice but then mm-hmm. I wasn't sure how it's gonna be because I only tried the other cask but then we kind of looked into it again now because they keep emailing us because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we showed our interest yeah and and we actually decided that we were going to get one, uh, one oh, of the really? peated Bordeaux ones. That's exciting. But, yes, but then they ran out. Oh, no. They just, yeah, <laughs> and then then we wanted to get one of the peated chinkapping casks, which also was really nice. Mm-hmm. But then they had one left. But then when we inquired, it, like, it had just gone. So we are in a queue to get the, the wine cask in case someone cancels. But if not, then we're in another queue for next year because next year is the last year they're going to sell the release. Yeah, this is it, isn't it? Because a lot of distilleries get to the stage they don't release for private sale. Exactly. They want to keep it quite unique and quite hard to get and so on. And so, yeah, they're going to let us know if one of those wine casts will be released because obviously now people have to, they signed up, but they have to cough up the money. So if they don't... (laughs) <laughs> then yeah. you know we're like send it you'll to be us. right in there <laughs> yeah we'll be right in there and if not then we are probably quite on hopefully quite top on 
the list for next year. So that's, yeah, I was thinking, because I was, oh, I don't know. I had this idea as well, like, okay, maybe it will be one of these, like, even if we would just get the small one, it could be like Whiskey Sisters release in three years time, you know, <laughs> oh if they like a little, yeah. <laughs> listen we need to come back to this <laughs> yeah but yeah it's interesting it's very quite um I do quite like to get a little bit technical on things sometimes and yeah. you can definitely do a lot of that when it comes to whiskey so this cask investment is another form of kind of diving deeper that's it it's a whole um whole kind of section of the whiskey world and the whiskey industry and as we've said before there's so much to learn in each area yeah so disclaimer we're giving no financial advice to anyone whatsoever but we're sharing our experience <laughs> yeah. yeah don't send us any money <laughs> or offer us gold yeah i got fur coats Whiskey Sisters, Whiskey Fact. So, okay, let's talk about numbers. Um, Jennifer, I got a couple of <laughs> questions oh, no. for you. <laughs> <laughs> I get so, nervous at this bit. <laughs> um, do you happen to know how many casks there are currently aging in warehouses in Scotland? And we're talking about Scotch whiskey casks, not anything else. Oh my goodness, like I actually have no idea. One of them I know is mine. Um, <laughs> yeah, yay! <laughs> <laughs> this is it. I'm not very good at guessing, but I would guess, I don't know, like... We're in the millions. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is, a, that is a lot of whiskey and a lot of money racing in warehouses in Scotland. Yes. So the answer is... Mm -hmm. Drum roll. <laughs> um, 22 million casks. No way. That's, that's a bit of a mind blower. A lot of whiskey in Scotland right now. There's a lot of money in there. And as we know, and as um, listeners perhaps know as well, that in order to be called Scotch whiskey, it has to be matured on Scottish kind of soil. Yes, and uh, three years and one day. In order to be called whiskey. So I got one more for you. Okay. <laughs> Not to put you on the spot, but I'm putting you on the spot. Um, how many operating Scotch whiskey distilleries there are across Scotland just now? So operating, not, you know, there might be some kind of starting up, but they're not in operation yet. So we're only counting the operating Scotch whiskey distilleries. Okay. Well, I'm I'm braced to get this one wrong, and that's fine. I'm happy to put myself out there and my lack of knowledge. <laughs> I did have a map of distilleries. Scottish distilleries but I don't know if it's out of D and it had 123 on it so I don't know if that's roughly correct can that's I redeem myself correct. slightly yes that's <laughs> roughly correct but it's out of date and the number today is 137 oh really fantastic mm -hmm. lots of booming new distilleries like yeah. the Rossi one that I mentioned earlier whiskey industry with um, single malts becoming so popular in the last however many years you know comparatively to the 1980s when production was more for blends it makes sense that um, you know the industry seems to be growing and booming which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think blends are still the, the main the most sold basically uh -huh. but definitely single malts and even single grains and you know rye whiskey rpk is doing rye which is quite interesting definitely we should touch on that one at some point as well be interesting well Inka, thank you for another week of whiskey sisters whiskey facts 
I'm going to need to do more homework. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just a little fun. Just a little fun. <laughs> You've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. Right, Inca, that's plenty. That is definitely enough of us for today until our next episode where we will have our first guest appearance. How exciting is that? We will be diving into the history of Lindor's Abbey, or is it Lindor's Abbey in Fife, Scotland? Yes, exactly. I always said Lindor's Abbey, but maybe it's Lindor's. But we will find out. I can't wait. Indeed. Um, it will be definitely a very interesting um, episode for sure. If you have some Lindor's Appy whiskey or even the Aquavitae at home, um, pour yourself a glass and join us next Wednesday. Meanwhile, you can keep up to date on all things Whiskey Sisters on our Instagram, whiskeysisters.podcast or Twitter, Whiskey Sisters Podcast, and of course on Facebook. Come on and message us, you know you want to. And we need to come back to that conversation about Whiskey Sister Whiskey Release. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Until See. next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.